Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 512, if you will where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading Second Chronicles chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. Grant each of us your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to understand your Holy Word, to comprehend your Holy Word, to love your Holy Word, to cherish it, and to obey it, and to teach it to others, and to preach your Holy Gospel from it, so that others may come to know your Savior. Help me, Lord, and all other preachers to give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of your holy word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing. Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, at Second Chronicles chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. And Solomon determined determined to build a house for the name of the Lord and a house for his kingdom. And 
And Solomon told out threescore and ten thousand men to bear burdens, and fourscore thousand to hew in the mountain, and three thousand and six hundred to oversee them. And Solomon sent to Huram, the king of Tyre, saying, As thou didst deal with David my father, and didst send him cedars to build him a house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I build a house to the name of the Lord my God, to dedicate it to him, and to burn before him sweet incense, and for the continual showbread, and for the burnt offerings morning and evening, on the Sabbaths, and on the new moons, and on the solemn feasts of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. And the house which I build is great, for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him a house, seeing the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build him a house, save only to burn sacrifice before him? Send me now, therefore, a man cunning to work in gold and in silver, and in brass and in iron, and in purple and crimson and blue, and that can skill to grave with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem, whom David my father did provide. Send me also cedar trees, fir trees, and algum trees out of Lebanon. For I know that thy servants can skill to cut timber in Lebanon. And behold, my servants shall be with thy servants, even to prepare me timber in abundance. For the house which I am about to build shall be wonderful, great. And behold, I will give to thy servants the hewers that cut timber, twenty thousand measures of beaten wheat, and twenty thousand measures of barley, and twenty thousand baths of wine, and twenty thousand baths of oil. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your rich and holy word. And I thank you, Lord, for your servant Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. And Lord, we pray that you would give us the wisdom you want us to have to do great things in the earth for your kingdom, for your glory, your praise and honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. 
Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead service family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic devotional book titled Morning and Evening. Morning and Evening. This is the podcast and this is episode number 565. Dr. Spurgeon shows for our hearing and our reading rather and our hearing today Jude 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. In some sense, the path to heaven is very safe, but in other respects, there is no road so dangerous. It is beset with difficulties, one false step, and how easy it is to take that if grace be absent. And down we go. What a slippery path is that which some of us have to tread. How many times have we to exclaim with the psalmist, My feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. If we were strong, sure-footed mountaineers, this would not matter so much. But in ourselves, how weak we are. In the best roads, we soon falter. In the smoothest paths, we quickly stumble. These feeble knees of ours can scarcely support our tottering weight. A straw may throw us, and a pebble can wound us. We are mere children tremblingly, taking our first steps in the walk of faith. Our Heavenly Father holds us by the arms, or we should soon be down. Oh, if we are kept 
from falling. How much, or rather, how must we bless the patient power which watches over us day by day? Think how prone we are to sin, how apt to choose danger, how strong our tendency to cast ourselves down. And these reflections will make us sing more sweetly than we have ever done. Glory be to him who is able to keep us from falling. We have many foes who try to push us down. The road is rough and we are weak. But in addition to this, enemies lurk in ambush who rush out when we least expect them and labor to trip us up or hurl us down the nearest precipice. Only an almighty arm can preserve us from these unseen foes who are seeking to destroy us. Such an arm is engaged for our defense. He is faithful that hath promised, and he is able to keep us from falling, so that with a deep sense of our utter weakness, we may cherish a firm belief in our perfect safety, and say with joyful confidence, Against me earth and hell combine, but on my side is power divine. Jesus is all, and he is mine. Glory be to God. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for this time together around your holy word and with your servant, Charles Hatton Spurgeon, he being dead yet speaketh. What a blessing and what an encouragement. Help us never to forget this. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and help us to apply it to our lives. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, let us now go over to the family segment, or what I call the family verses, and pick up reading where we started reading yesterday, as God has spoken to the wives, God has spoken to the husbands, God has spoken to the husband and the wife together, God has spoken uh, to the children and has commanded everybody as to what he wants done in the family. And now he's speaking to parents, especially fathers. And uh, by the way, Christian people ought to be doing these commandments most are not, but do you know there are people who are secular, who don't even believe in God, who uh, their marriages and families are based upon these principles, 
And you, it's sad to say we have families, marriages and families that are solid and strong and thriving uh, because the law is written upon their hearts and in their consciences and they do better than some Christian families. We do understand that the devil is fighting Christian families harder if the Christian family is striving to do something for God. Be that as it may, Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I talked about this a little bit last night. Yes, this is primarily to fathers. Because God wants fathers to understand that they're over the wife and the husband, not just the wife. Uh, pardon me. <laughs> the father, the husband is over the wife and the children in the marriage and in the family. He's the boss all the way through, whether you like it or not. Now, the wife is supposed to be a help meet to the husband in raising the children. And if you have daughters, you better pray that you have a good mother uh, because there are things that they need from that mother that uh, really the father should not have anything to do uh, with that. Uh, I give credit to my mother. We had, she had two daughters. Of course, we sisters and brothers, two boys and two girls. And I give credit to my mother for taking care of the girls and, and helping them to do what they need to do and teaching them to bathe and stay clean and handle their periods and so forth and so on. And uh, to the point, I didn't even know anything about uh, pads, or I never saw it. We only had one bathroom. Uh, I never saw anything in the trash can. I never saw as a boy, uh, and boys should not be seeing all that. Uh, uh, bloody uh, pads and all of that and stuff in the toilet and, and all of that. There. And they are not to smell it either. I don't care if you like it or not. It just ought not to be. A, a, a boy like I did growing up, I didn't know anything about a woman's period until I got out there and got involved with women myself. And I believe that's how it ought to be. And uh, the mother can, and the father can sit down and teach the children about these things, but they don't need to see it. And they don't need to smell it. And there should not be any accidents. I don't know. I never, never, uh, never even, I never even thought about it, never saw it. I never saw my mother or my sisters have accidents with their periods and stuff like that. I didn't know anything about that. One bathroom, and my mother taught them to keep the bathroom clean. And 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 uh, and bathe like you're supposed to. Young ladies should bathe every day, wear clean clothes. My 
mother taught us, she taught us all. When you walk outside, you when you go outside, you, you don't go out with a do rag around your head and and you don't uh, you don't stink and trying trying to cover it up with uh, some musk perfume or cologne or whatever. You don't do that. You smell worse. And uh, um, and you look nice every time you go out. My mother always looked beautiful when she walked out the door, not just for church, but for going to the grocery store or other places. Not like today. I am a Walmart man. I'm not a Kmart man, and I'm not a uh, Target man. I'm an old-fashioned Walmart salt-of-the-earth man. But I tell you what, people will go to Walmart just like they go to their mama's house today. You know it's true. And it's a shame. Women they go to the go to Walmart in their pajamas, right off the couch, right out the bed. Go to Walmart in their pajamas. I've never seen anything like it. My mother would, would have never done that in a million years. And she taught us to never do that. You're in the public. You're not home. How many of you have seen women... And a few men go to Walmart in their pajamas. I guess they just give them say, shucks, I'm not changing. I bought these pants from Walmart. I might as well wear them there. I guess. I don't know. Slip, slippers, flip-flops, pajamas. I, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, but but uh, So a help meet, a, a, a female. Uh, and this is why, this is one of the reasons why you can't have no... Uh, Man marrying a man, a woman marrying a woman is that's 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 nasty as the devil. I don't care who likes it. It is nasty as the devil. You can't do that. It's it's, it's not supposed to be done. A woman, a girl growing up needs a mother. She needs a father too, and uh, uh, and she does not need a father trying to be a mother. Uh, even though my children called me the father and the mother growing up, I never tried to be a mother. I don't have a motherly bone in my body. But I tried to make sure they were taken care of. And uh, and uh, and I provided the discipline so that uh, they could accomplish things in life and, and, and do well in their lives. But uh, you need a father and a mother in the home. There are things that fathers should not have to deal with. Uh, that mothers should lovingly teach their daughters, and not uh, 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 make them have to learn stuff on their own. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. You don't need to be mean and hateful to your children. Mothers don't need to be mean and hateful to their children. It's okay if they think that when they have to chastise you, uh, chastise, uh, when you have to chastise the children or rebuke the children, uh, but there's no need to provoke and keep on picking on the child uh, and, and get them uh, all riled up to anger. 
That's not necessary. Now, the devil, the devil may try to get them angry. That's one thing. But you don't need to make them angry and wrathful. But bring them up in the nurture. Pat them on the back when they do well. Can you do that? It should come natural. You should have natural affection for your child. When they do good, you pat them on the back. You applaud them. You reward them. When they do evil, you pat them on the butt. You whip their behinds. You rebuke them. You punish them. That's the way of life for everybody, even for you as an adult. Go ahead and mess up. Go on and do, do the evil you want to do. Go ahead on and get your girlfriend or boyfriend. I, uh, boyfriend, I double dog dare you to do it. And see, what, if you're a child of God, <laughs> you're not going to do that. <laughs> if you have already been chastised by God, you fear God too much. I was so glad to to see today an article by a young black man who was uh, uh, in Hollywood. And the first thing he said was, I fear God. See, we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere when young people start talking about I fear God. Because I, I, I guarantee you, God, God got a hold of you if you fear him. I can tell you that for a fact. So anyway, my beloved fathers. Get your wife to help you in raising your children. And if they are not a good mother, you 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 uh, deal with her about it. Talk to her about it. And tell her she, whether she's going to be a good mother or not. Uh, she needs to do her job. As long as you're going to be here. For As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord up in here. And we have daughters. And they need instruction about basic things such as bathing thoroughly. How many, how many of you parents, how many of you people, you, you gathered the family up to go on a long trip only to get into the car and somebody has not showered thoroughly? That's not fun. That's not a good situation. And uh, it, it may be the wife, but it may be one of the children. Uh, everybody must, and some people are like, they're afraid of water. I don't know what the, what the issue is. But you need to get on up in that water, and you need to bathe thoroughly. So there are no odors when we all sit in the car. But they will show up, especially if you cut that air conditioning off. And uh, we don't need that. The trip is going to be ruined because of your B.O. And a mother ought to teach her daughters and the boys as well to keep your clothes clean and wear something different every day, especially for the girls. Boys can get away wearing jeans two or three times a day. I mean a week. A girl should not wear the same clothes every day. Always remember the principle. You cannot smell your own stink. Other people can. And uh, brush your teeth so that you won't have halitosis. Bad breath. Okay, all of that. And, 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 and in raising children, uh, the reason why you need some help with that, you need a help me to help you with that, is because some of these things got to be told to the children over and over again. It's called training. 
And I know you're saying, well, I wish I could just tell him one time, you know, just go ahead and do it. I told him one time, I told him five years ago, well, that ain't, that's not going to get it. Well, I'm sick and tired. Don't get sick and tired then. That's all I'm saying. No, no, just do your job. Just do, do it over and over again. You may have to tell people something two, three, four, five thousand times when you're raising your children. That's all there is to it. Some people are hard-headed, stiff-necked. Like you have in your church and like you are. And the more stiff neck you are, your children will be double. So, you need to do your job and, and, and not try to cast your job upon somebody else. Do your job yourself with your own children. You know how rebellious they are. You know how stubborn they are. You know how mean they are. And you need to pray with them and for them. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. There's no need for that. Constantly picking on the children and all this kind of mess. Uh, some of you, and some of you, husbands, some of you fathers don't need to be fathers. Period. Because you're full of hell and the devil. And some of you mothers don't need to be mothers. Period. You know, if you if you don't have natural affection for your children, you you don't need to. Give the children somebody else who's going to love them and care for them. Okay? So with that, my beloved, let's go to prayer for other families and other family, families that don't know Christ as Savior and families that do. And by the way, before we go to prayer, for those of you who feel condemned by what I said. Uh, my wife was not a good mother to her children. Uh, I basically had to, when my oldest daughter had her first period, around 10 or 11 or something like that, I, I, my wife was there, but I had to lead the way to help explain to her uh, what, uh, the, how the Lord is in this and uh, help her to understand because she was afraid <clears throat> and she even cried uh, a little bit and I had to spend the afternoon with her to make sure she was alright and uh, that, that was really something the mother should have taken her to the bathroom and she should have handled that and sometimes, fathers, you're going to have to just step up because your wife is not stepping up. There's just some wives who are not prepared. They were not trained properly. They were not raised properly. They probably did not have a mother themselves uh, worth anything <clears throat> or a father worth anything. And so for some reason, there's some parents who don't step up. Sometimes it's the father. Sometimes it's the mother, may God help us if it's both, but somebody needs to step up and do what is necessary, okay? And uh, and I know you folks, you sweet evangelicals and you sweet Christians don't like for anybody to say anything negative about a woman, but I am going to say it. And it's designed to help you. She's standing right here beside me, helping me in the ministry right now. So, uh, uh, this is true. She just did not rise to the occasion. And uh, 
uh, and I, by God's grace, and with His help, uh, I did, by the grace of God. And I did the best I could, and uh, uh, that's why my children, when they had pure hearts, would spontaneously write me letters and call me the father and the mother. I didn't ask them to do that. They did that. And, that's, and I, I wore that as a badge of honor. And, uh, uh, and so oftentimes uh, the children and I had a lot of fun, but my wife and the mother of my children did not. So that's just the way it is, folks. And I want to encourage you fathers, you husbands. <clears throat> yes, you want your wife. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yes, you want your wife to be right there with you and enjoying every moment with you in life. But sometimes that's just not the case. And if God gives you the grace, you enjoy the moment. I've enjoyed all of the moments of our marriage and family. Uh, even though she has not been a good wife and mother. Why? Because of Jesus the Christ living on the inside of me. See, you understand what Jesus said before he left here. He said, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's two things you're missing about this life, this thing called the Christian life. Two things many of you are missing. <clears throat> you can have joy and peace in any given situation because of Jesus Christ who has overcome not only all of the circumstances of the world, but the world itself. He's overcome the whole world <clears throat> and everything in it. So, so what? You're in a bad marriage. <clears throat> Pardon me. So what? You're in a bad marriage. Millions of people have been, been in bad marriage. One of the reasons why some marriages are bad is because we're all sinners. Everybody's going to have, who gets married, is going to have some issues and problems in the marriage. So what? See, the reason why the Christian family should be better and is better is because of none other than Jesus Christ. Do you really know him as your Savior? Are you born again? Do you need to examine yourself and see whether or not you be in the faith? But, but, uh, all of this whining and crying and bitching and sadness and pitifulness and poor me, that's not of Jesus, man. I doubt very seriously. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. You say, well, uh, Spurgeon had bouts of depression. He also had Jesus. If you know what I mean. Yes, even with bouts of depression. If you have Jesus, you overcome it. And, and you use it as grist, as gravel, to get some traction to do something else. <clears throat> Pardon me. 
I've told my wife many, many times, she's standing right here. I've told her many, many times that her bad attitude, her bad spirit, not uh, cooperating and submitting like she should and all of that, I have used as gravel to get traction to do way more for the Lord than I would have done otherwise. And as I said, my wife is right here. Isn't that right? I've told her that many times. And that's what you need to do. You have a bad person in your life, or the devil is fighting you in a certain way, or you use that as gravel and grist to to get traction to do great things. You have a bad family, <clears throat> a bad atmosphere in your family, you make the best of a bad situation. Life is full of lemons, as they say. You make lemonade. You got something going on. You know, you know my favorite drink? What my favorite drink is? Uh, it's not wine. It's lemonade made with either stevia or honey with apple cider vinegar. That's my favorite drink in the world. There's nothing more refreshing to me than lemonade, even more so than water to me. You make a bad situ situation better with the help of the Lord, see? <clears throat> and you get up and you have a plan, man. Don't just get up and wander into the day sad and pitiful to me. Go ahead and pursue a degree, yes, even inside the plague. Read a classic. In my case, what I do is I give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Give a, I give myself to attendance of reading so that I can uh, preach better for the Lord. Stop whining and complaining. Exercise. Give the blood the flowing through your brain and through your body. <clears throat> go into a new field that you've always wanted to go into. Pray to the Lord first, in the middle and last. Pray without ceasing. God will give you... 10,000 things to do and 10,000 ideas if you would pray to him. Okay? I heard somebody say the other day, uh, a Christian person too, how to know, they, 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 they did an article, how to know you married the wrong person. <clears throat> well, quite frankly, Christian person and Christian friend, it doesn't matter to God whether or not you married the wrong person or not. That's your, that's your business. You married the person. You made those vows, and God expects you to keep them, and God expects you to stay married to that person unless there is adultery, and I believe uh, that it is... God is referring to gross adultery, 
repeat it and all of that. <clears throat> Most men could not handle that, and and if they can't handle it, I recommend they get out of the marriage. If that if the wife did that. Because most men can't handle that. You say, well, you can't man handle it, but you expect the woman to handle it. I don't expect anybody to do anything. But I know that women can handle that better than men. And so, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, my dear friends, uh, I don't believe in that. You, and, and, and no Christian ought to believe in that. Because, see, quite frankly, as someone else has said very, very clearly, and uh, I'm glad they said it, that we put too much stock in that, really. Compatibility and and uh, this, that, and the other. We're all sinners. So that, that, that makes us incompatible right there. There's going to be some problems. And I think you need to embrace this instead of lying about it and trying to make it into a fairy tale. You're not a fairy tale, and your marriage is not a fairy tale. Stop doing that. I don't know why you people do this foolishness. This uh, Every generation that comes along, everybody thinks their marriage is going to be a fairy tale and wonderful and great and dandy, and and everything's going to be wonderful and and, 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 and um fine and dandy all of the time. That's just not realistic, people. But instead of hiding it and covering it up, you confront it. See, I've never let my wife get away with her rebelliousness and stubbornness and disobedience. I have confronted her uh, all the way through. See, that way you don't let stuff build up and then you want to kill somebody like some of you people. Or worse, do the silent treatment on them. That's just like somebody being dead in your family, in your in your household. You dead to 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 her or to him, and he's dead to you. Another such foolishness. No, love the one you're with. That's why you need agape love, God's love. I know, I know everybody wants somebody to love them like they God or somebody. You're not God. You're not perfect. You're not Jesus. The only somebody who deserves that kind of devoted 100% love is God and Jesus. Uh, you, you're not that. Okay? You better be thankful for the God kind of love that can flow through us. And, and appreciate that. Well, I don't want no God kind of love. I want Romeo and Juliet love. Well, you you do remember what happened to Romeo and Juliet, don't you? Okay, so it's happening to many people today. No, we don't need that kind of love. Romantic love, my foot. We need a functional love. A love that gets the job done. God's agape love. That's the love that gives you the ability to choose to love somebody when their when their breath stinks. They got some uh, strange things on top of their head, some rollers on their head, and a scarf, and they have a green uh, ET mask on their face. And their bathroom stinks. That's a powerful love that you got to have for people. 
Uh, and that's the God kind of love, agape love, my dear friend. Okay? And everybody in the family needs that kind of love or it's not going to work. All right, let's pray for others. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of those families that do not know you as Savior. We pray for the revival of those families that do. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving. In this world, across this nation, in our communities, in our churches, in our families, and in our lives. And Holy Father God, we pray for all people who name the name of Christ, Please have mercy and grace upon us, and please forgive us of our wicked sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. Help us to humble ourselves, who name the name of Christ, to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, uh, we pray, uh, Lord, for everybody in the Ministry of Government, from the President of the United States all the way around to the Prime Minister of Jerusalem, of uh, Israel, rather. And we pray, uh, Lord, for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Lord, that your will will be done in Russia and Ukraine, for you know all about it. Let your will be done. In other places. And we pray for the salvation of world uh, national uh, servants and ministers in government. Uh, we pray that you would revive those who are saved, cast the devil and the demons of hell out of those who have that problem. Truly lead God and direct them all that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives. Lord, as you have commanded us to pray. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would bless and protect your children from persecution. Lead them, guide them, direct them, and give them your grace for their trying hours and their dying hours. And we pray, Lord, yes, for the millions who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and from the war. But we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of New Mexico veteran Shirley Walker Woods. We pray for the family and friends of Delaware resident Edith Lancaster Musler. We pray for the family and friends of South Carolina veteran Julia C. Pearson. We pray for the family and friends of Montana teacher Willard Medford Stapleton, Jr. We pray also for the family and friends of Washington State resident Athena Ellen Goddard. 
We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in our lives and in ours. And then, Lord, we pray for the prayer requests that have come in. And we uh, dare not forget the thousands of folks that you've given us the privilege to, the privilege to pray for for years. Thank you for giving us a mind to do so, your grace and strength to do so. Hear and answer our prayers for them and hear and answer their prayers for themselves. And Lord, we thank you for answering thousands of prayers and we pray now for salvation, spiritual, family, life, financial, material, protection and provision. Blessings upon all of the people who have sent in prayer requests, plus these new ones as well. As we pray, Lord, for Tammy, please bless her with a financial miracle. Lord, we pray for Pastor Bushibi, and he sends a praise report, and uh, gives you the praise that Timothy is feeling better and answer the prayer, and out of the hospital, glory be to you. Please provide them with money to pay Timothy's hospital bills in a miraculous way. Provide for the children as schools reopen. Deliver them from drought, famine, and economic hardship. We pray, Lord, for Alfonso. Please heal him from pain in his left hand, left leg, and all cervical pain. And Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for all of, the, all of the people who have gotten saved, thousands who have heard the gospel and gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Pardon me. That you'll help these folks to grow up in you and to be strengthened in the faith. We pray, Lord for Manly, Stegall, Anne, Kiran, and Gloria. We pray also, Lord, for those who have recommitted their lives to you. We pray for Helen, Virgie, Angelic, Oye, and Esther. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for your sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time. Now, dear friend, if you are with us today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world, these are the words of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world, that means that if you are in this world, God loves you. That he gave his only begotten Son, God gave up his only begotten Son, to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He shed innocent blood on the cross for your sins because Jesus Christ never committed a sin in word, in thought, in attitude, or in deed. Yes, you can have a sinful attitude. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son up to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for our sins, however, our lies, our stealing, our lusting after people and things, coveting after people and things, what other people have, our disrespect and dishonor and disobedience 
and having bad attitudes towards our parents, our taking God's name in vain, and so many other sins. These are just five of the Ten Commandments. If we have broke one of them, we have broken the whole law according to the Bible. Jesus died for all of our wickedness and all of our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, he was speaking of himself, that whosoever believeth in him, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, the word believeth means to trust in, to have faith in him, Jesus Christ should not perish, that is, you will not go to hell, but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today so that you can be saved from the torments of hell. For the Bible teaches that once you die unsaved, if you die without believing in Christ, you will immediately wake up in the torments of hell. If you want to avoid that and wake up in heaven and in the arms of Jesus Christ, if you will, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ down here. For the Bible says in Romans 10:9 and 13 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever, whosoever, there's that word again, whosoever, anybody at any time, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. It's very simple to be saved, very easy to be saved, contrary to what people will tell you. You don't have to be in a church building to get saved. You don't have to join a church to get saved. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. You don't have to give any money to the church to get saved. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to walk down the aisle. You don't have to do anything to get saved, but believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. And he will do so, my beloved. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So believe in your heart. Only you can do that that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. Pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I acknowledge that I am a wicked sinner. And I admit that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have indeed committed some of those sins that were mentioned earlier by the preacher. And Holy Father God, I admit that I deserve to go to hell just like a criminal deserves to go to jail. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my crimes and sins. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and uh, into my spirit and save my soul. As I now believe with all of my heart 
in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And Lord, I do, I do not understand it all, but I thank you for it all. And I believe it all. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me to truly repent of my sins past. And to truly repent of my sins present. And to turn from my evil life. And to follow you, Lord Jesus, in the new life. For it is in your name I do pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, that I just shared with you, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. I want to congratulate you on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 verse 9 uh, and this is what the book title is based on I am the door Jesus Christ said by me if any man enter in he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture ladies and gentlemen until next time may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer 